Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Joe forgot something. Look at him. Joe, you can't see it right now unless you're on the Twitch. Joe had a defeated look he on sure his did. face. He had his, uh, he had his forehead into palms. He had his head down. He was disgusted with himself. And quite frankly, I'm disgusted for him. I'm not personally disgusted at you, Joe, but I'm disgusted for you. I'm disgusted for you. Ready? Should we try it again? There we go. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be surprised how much this song is requested on the uh, text line. I do love this song. Songs all the time. Like, even if it's 5.30 sometimes. Wait, where's that football at four song that we want? Or the Texans at four. That's football at four is down the street. Um, 4995, the Texans need a Lions season. Look bad early, but at the end they look good. That'd be smart. That's, that'd be really good because you don't own your own first-round draft pick. We'd be feeling really good about the young players if they finish the season strong. Finishing the season strong would make us bullish about the Houston Texans in 2024. So I like that script, 4995. I like where your mind's at. All right, football, or Texans at four, rather. Did it again. Uh, we're playing a game. It's Texans will be this good game where we go around the horn and we bid on how good the Texans are going to be. We have a little plus minus that we're not going to confuse you with, but uh, a lunch is at stake here. Uh, Monday, Joe had the... He won the bidding with the top scoring defense. He has the Texans being a top 23 scoring defense. If he's right, he'll get a plus one. If he's wrong, he'll get a minus one. Uh, Yesterday, I had the top scoring offense, which, here we go. (laughs) I I love this Titus Howard news. That's great for me. Off to a banger. But but top 27 offense, if I'm right, plus one. If I'm wrong, minus one. Today, we're going to do passing yards for the Houston Texans entire offense because you can't account for injury, uh, injury, things like that. Blankers, you just drew a 60. I just drew a 95. And Joe with a 23. So me, blank, Joe. I will say that the Houston Texans will have the a top 29 passing offense. Hmm. Okay. Top 29 in the NFL. I'm going to say top 28. Okay. 25. Ooh, Ooh. little jumpy jump jump, Joe. Joe means business. Why not? How many guys are you taking out of the mix there? Joe gave know. me so much grief where yesterday Davis for Mills getting a top 27 year? scoring offense. Davis Mills, where did Davis Mills finish last year? I don't know. You tell me. 16th. Where did the Texans offense finish, though? Oh, I can't. I don't have that. Yeah, because, I mean, what Davis Mills finished really isn't relevant here. It's what the Houston Texans passing offense was. And year by year, how many teams look worse with their starting quarterbacks that are rookies and changing of guys, second-year guy in Washington? 25? I'm trying to to think if Joe was talking out of both sides of his mouth here. Why? Because he was very critical of me with the top 27 scoring offense. But he was willing to go all the way up to top 25 passing offense. Well, the Texans had the third worst scoring offense last year, but Davis Mills was 16th in passing yards last year. I know we're doing team, but like for the most part, that's probably still in the range the Texans were by a guess. Yeah. Like how many like, teams, like, I don't think it's mutually exclusive, like racking up passing yards and then points. Like yeah. a drive can stall out in the red zone. Uh, you can be playing catch up the entire game, although you're going to get some yards playing catch up too. Are we doing like Kaimi Fairborn Fairbairn field goals this year? No, I don't think we have that planned. We did not. Although Kaimi Fairbairn, one of the best kickers in the NFL, Fact. also think it's going to be his last year as a Houston Texan. I kind of agree to that too. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, go, a lot of money. I'll go twenty-five. 
Okay, top 25. That's where the Texans finished last year in passing offense. They were 25th last year in passing offense. Just over 3,300 as a team. Why is Joe cackling? Because he's happy he nailed the number. Slapping the knee. No, because I thought it was going to be way higher than that. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> you saw Mills' numbers? Yeah. I feel like if I'm top 27 scoring offense, you have I think to? that the Texans are going to be trailing in games. I don't know, but I could also hedge here. You know that's what I mean? A, the one thing I was thinking for sure is that that's how you know Dak and, and Deshaun lack just piled up numbers. But I kind of think they're going to be in games. You their know what defense, I mean? Like, I, don't I think, think their defense yeah. is going to be all right. I'm trying to think of like what the game scripts are going to look like for the Houston Texans. What does game theory look like for the Texans each and every week? I think they're going to be in kind of low-scoring 17, 13 games, 20 to 14 games, which I don't feel great about the top 27 scoring offense. And I also think they're going to be run first. I don't think they want to throw the ball a whole lot, especially in the first four weeks behind this atrocious so you offensive double down line. Your hedge. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking out loud. Um... You said top 25? I mean, technically it's the Joel right now. No, it's Why? to me. I started it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he started right. this one. No, I I'm, started it. I'm a dummy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to elect to defer. I'm, I'm not going to go higher than 25. I'm not either. I'm not going to go. So Joe's got top so 25. So what happens when Joel doesn't get any of these? He's, he's a neutral zero. And, he just, and all he can do is hope that we go into the negative. I don't like really? that. Really? Yeah. If you don't That's get the only any. way. Okay. Hey, Jeremy won a bet last year. I mean, no, Joel, you won the bet last year. By punting. By punting on all of them. Yeah, punting on all of them. And he, he won 3-2, to two, I think. Okay. Like, last year we played the same exact game, but only you and I played. Because yep. uh, Brendan wasn't a, you know. A, Real savvy uh, NFL guy. He didn't hog the mic. And I won <laughs> I won all the bidding. I won all the bidding. And then I, I won two and I lost three. So that's why I owed you the one of the two lunches. All right. So I got so top I remember the other passing. one. What's that? Tiger Woods making the cut at the match. That's right. Yeah. That was a bad bet by me. Yeah. Yeah, that was stupid. Well, it was close, though. It went right down to the final hole. I think he got lucky, too. He did. Or not necessarily no, no, lucky. Uh, I think Justin he finished. Thomas. Justin Thomas missed a putt that allowed him to him get in. in. Yeah. Plus, I think Tiger did finish strong. Like, I think he. Fit, I think the last five holes, he played like two or three under to, like, make it. Maybe. It was two years ago, too, yeah. right? Because he didn't yeah. play this past. Did he play this past Masters? No. No, he, he couldn't because of the bad. Wait, I thought he played it, and no, then he was done he, after that. Oh, it was that. raining yeah. and everything yeah. like that, and right after that, he called yeah, it for the rest right. of the season. It was the like yeah. the and he withdrew, right? Yeah. yeah. This is, it was raining, and So it was he did nasty. play this, but we bet the 2022 right, Masters right. where he did make the cut. Right. I think this year was the first year he didn't make the cut at Augusta. That's since right. like his amateur days or something. Yeah. Maybe even, maybe ever. All right, so he has, uh, Joe has top 25 passing yards. How do you, what do you, do you think Joe won this bet, lost this bet? Obviously, you think, I think he Joe lost this bet. I really do. I just don't see him passing a lot. First of all, you're right about the defense. We both think that the defense is going to be well above the offense. And so that tells you one thing. And then secondly, I just think in his first year and trying to learn all these things and then expecting him to kind of sling it all over the yard and, and, and you know, and with the I receivers mean, he has. Sling it all over the yard. It's top 25, guys. True. <laughs> like, we say top five. We're saying he's, the Texans are going to have the seventh worst passing offense in the NFL. I think your That's Bears, what they did last year. I think year. your Bears passing offense is not going to be great, even yeah, though you I, have DJ. I, I don't think that the Cardinals are going to be great. I, I don't think in, Indy's going to be great. I went in with the game plan once again. I'm, Tampa. I have a number. My number was 23. You were willing to go as high as 23? I thought there was. I felt like I could sell myself on that amount of teams. You counted them all? You looked at all their yeah. offense? Do you I, think like that Sam uh, Howell? I think CJ Stroud, even though his wide receivers are much worse. Here, here's a hot take: cash it or trash it. I think trash the Commanders it. are going to have a better offense. I think they than are too. Most people think McLaurin. 
I would like them the to. Dotson's terrifying. I'm, I'm if they really, use Gibson in the past game. Gibson's like the guy I'm like look, most fantasy invested in I this think, year. So. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to be a pretty good offensive coordinator. It's a upgrade of what they had last year. Him is that he's holding him accountable. He's too tough on him. I think they need that. I think they're going to be fine. So that, so they last year the Texans finished 25th. Is their passing game better this year than it was a year ago? Yeah. Well, but it's twofold, right? It should be. But then is the rest of the league better or worse? passing than they were with all each individual team. I think the team the, the league is worse. Yeah. And that's true. I mean like I Well think, that helps them though. I think they'll be like I think Carolina will be behind. I mean, right now Carolina is missing their three starting wide receivers week one. Carolina? Yeah. They're missing Thielen, Mingo? Though? Uh I guess Mingo. Oh uh, maybe it wasn't Mingo, but Thielen might miss. Terrence Marshall and then Shark. and then Shark. Three of their four. That's, <laughs> that's not great tough. for Bryce Young. Although Jonathan Mingo over Nico Collins? I don't know about Mingo. He he was a guy I liked a lot coming out of college, but there's a re- it feels like there's a reason why he fell, and I just don't know if I just don't understand. Yeah, but he fell to like early second round. Like yeah. early second rounders no, in the last true. few years have been pretty good. Like Debo Samuel, early second round. DK Metcalf, early second round. I don't I don't think early second round is like you've fallen out of favor. That's true. I think it's kind of you're maybe not, I'm going to say prototype, but like Zay Flowers isn't a prototype either, and he was drafted super early. Um, I, I just think the game theory here... Of the Houston Texans, I don't think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Like, last year they were trailing in a lot of games. They threw the football a lot. They threw it 579 times. That's that's embarrassing. They threw it 579 times and had the 25th ranked passing offense in the NFL. That's brutal. Like, the Bears were the worst, but the Bears only threw it 377 yeah, times. They, they threw it 200 times fewer. I think the Texans throw it less this year. I think they're going to be around 500 passes on the year. So, I think their passing game's better, but I think they're going to do it less. I don't disagree with that, and I think that they would prefer to do it. I mean, everything everything we've heard out of D'Amico and, and their whole mentality is not that they're going to be able to execute a San Francisco-type offense top to bottom, but they want to run the football, and they got a guy that can run the football, and they built up an offensive line to run the football before it got all the different dings up that we've already seen. But at the same time, I, I think they're gonna, their game plan is to be more, not, not everybody's going to be 50-50, but I think they're going to run the more, ball more, and, and so I would agree with that. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Did Joe just get suckered into a bad bet? He was willing to go twenty third. What's that? He was willing to go to twenty three. Yeah, I think B Max getting some hate on the text line. Should we? Uh, Why? Should we share the hate What's wrong on the text with line for B Max? What we do? We're, we're rebels of radio. One five zero nine Killer Bees. Uh, Branham is kidding about Joe G, but don't have Brian Mack on the driving bees, B emoji, as your producer. Example, it's late hits with B Mac featuring Pete Creighton as the guest host. I've heard that. SMH, I'm serious too, two exclamation points. So I guess he thinks that B Mac might talk more than you do. That's that's the nature of it though. Like PC's a solo show. We have two hosts. Like, right. I mean, your producer's gonna talk more in a solo show than than what we would expect Joe to yeah, do. Yeah, maybe I'll start talking more less le- next week. <laughs> I gotta save my voice. You saved your voice plenty. Why are you day. saving your voice? I don't know. Maybe you know Patrick's going to start hosting his show from eight to ten, hmm. and Joe George is going to start hosting a solo show from six to seven next week. I don't know. Oh, look at self promotion, Joe coming hmm. through again. Hmm. And by the way, for all the times that you think you always say I hate you and I, and then he he hammers you with that, and you oh. just chuckle it off. Yeah, but I do it out of love, though. That's the difference. Oh, sure, I do. And you don't know how I feel, so I don't put word. You don't put words in my mouth. Usually, I don't have positive thoughts I, in your head, though. I drove up a cliff for Jeremy. 
I, st- I still love Joe. I yeah, mean, he, Joe, he, I don't care if he loves me or not. Joe wouldn't jump off a cliff for me, but he would drive up one. Sure. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. 713-780-3776. All right, Jermaine Everett does great work for our sports map. Really good writer. Uh, he posted some projections of the key critical Houston Texans. I'll tell you right now, we're going to look at this, but I'll tell you right now, I will sign up for every single one of these projections right now. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN. ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell them I'm a good friend, Doc Linville, and the Neograph procedure. If you don't know what that is, it's real simple. You probably should check it out if you've experienced pattern baldness, thinning, and your hairline doesn't look like it once did. It could be up in front where your forehead's become an eight head. It could be in the back where you got a baboon's butt showing where you used to have a full head of hair, and you think there's nothing you can do about it. Well, the sprays and the creams and the foams, you've tried them, you've experimented, you know it's just covering up the problem. It's really not handling it and taking care of it. The Neograph procedure can. That's why I'm here to tell you about it, because I personally got it. And I'm telling you, the Neograph procedure is a difference maker. It's a game changer. It's a life-changing moment for me and so many others. Granado as well. We'll tell you about Doc Lindell being the best in the business. He's right here in Houston, Texas. And he could do the same thing that he did for us for you, too. The greatest thing about all this is he normally costs it normally costs 150 bucks to sit down with Doc and his staff and talk about the procedure and see if it's right for you. As a listener to our station, you get it for free. Go to 975hair.com right now. Check it out. You'll get all the information. Set up an appointment right there online. The consultation's free. No nothing out of pocket, nothing I have to sign on the dotted line for or commit to. Just go in and ask questions. Get answers and figure it out. If it's right for you, you're going to be glad you did it. Because 99, almost 99%, 95 to 99% of the follicles that he's going to take and move from the spots where genetically you're never going to lose it, which is the sides and the back, and he's going to put that where you need it most, in the front or up on top, and it's going to be with you for the long haul. Getting stronger and longer, you'll see the full results in about nine months. But the key is it's not going anywhere. It's not falling out. It's not going to thin out because it's taken from spots where it's never going to disappear. That's what made the biggest difference for me. That's why I did the procedure. That's why I'm recommending you check it out and consider doing it too. Tell them I said you buy because I couldn't be happier with Doc Linville and his staff. Go to 975hair.com. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Haven't heard that one in a while. Haven't heard that one in a while. Three percent. Three percent. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Dave Raymond's going to be on with the bench tomorrow morning at nine. Dave Raymond is everybody's least favorite announcer in Major League Baseball. He's the play-by-play voice for the Rangers on TV, Valley Sports. Uh, you might not be familiar with the name, but you're, you're familiar with your hatred of Dave Raymond. He's going to be on with John and Lance tomorrow morning at 9. He had that uh, minute 30 thing yesterday where he was talking about Jose Altuve's hits aren't that impressive because they're going over the wall. Everybody's reaction on Twitter to that made me laugh. But I think <laughs> I think the people that have followed it all year know that it's not just about that comment. I mean, he makes many. I know Paul has been on it lately. But like I told you, whenever the Astros games are over, whether the game's over or not, I'm always watching what they're doing. But if they're over, it's not Dave Raymond. What are you talking about? No, I flip over to find their game. If I like the Astros are getting, they're up by ten or they're down by ten, then I'll immediately flip over. And gotcha, they, gotcha, gotcha. They are massive homers. You know, no doubt, no doubt. 
like the old Celtics guys with Tommy Heinsohn and those guys. But the the that exact video that went viral because yeah. you're right, like people make fun of them, we don't like them. But the reaction of that exact video, people thought that Dave Raymond was serious. Like we can read some of the tweets. People thought that Dave Raymond was being serious by saying Jose Altuve's hits aren't that impressive because they're going over the wall. People thought that was a serious moment. Dave Raymond was not being serious in that moment. People who think he was being serious in that moment are confused and wrong because he even said it at the very end of that clip this is impressive like i mean it's hilarious the reaction to me that i i tweeted it out to to say hey look i don't know that the way he his presentation i didn't i, I was like really this this is this is the time and place for this kind of sarcasm when you cried uncle the night before and i said what you really should be just yelling out is daddy because altuve in this series has been the rangers daddy I don't care if that one was real or, you know, was it was sarcastic or not. What I care about is we've talked about this previously. He and Nitkowski together are just massive homers to where, you know, it's like the little stuff and maybe Rangers fans get off on it and they like it. But I mean, for the most part, when you have it more where everybody, you know, the people that have the major league package are, are watching all these different games. We did the same thing when it when it would come down to the NBA league pass. And people listen a lot more, and then they're more critical because now you're supposed to be less Homer and more kind of middle of the road. Mm. Some people can do it. Some people can't. The Orioles want you to be massive homers. The Rockets wanted you to be massive homers. I think Other most. teams want you to be a little bit more cognizant of who your audience is. I don't know, man. I mean, we I know we had meetings with the NBA where they encouraged it. Probably. It's just team I mean, I by can team under- decision. I can understand the league wanting that, but you go just watch, just pull up a random major league baseball game. They understand their demographic, and personally, I think that's what you should do. Like Callis and Blum are so good because they are speaking to Astros fans. Blummer takes shots at other teams all the time. Like if we're being completely honest, he, he takes shots at other teams all the time. But Dave Raymond on with the bench tomorrow morning at nine. Also on Friday, two days from now, uh, we're all hitting the road for a live broadcast, seven a to six p. We'll be at East River Nine. Starts with the bench. Can Concludes with us. See us out there, East River 9. Come play some golf. Enjoy some Gentle Bend, too. How about that? that? That caught my attention. And hang out with your favorite ESPN 97.5 shows this Friday. Well, your second favorite ESPN 97.5 shows. Of course, we are your favorite. But East River 9, Friday, 7 to 6. Hope to see you there. All right, Jermaine Every does a great job for uh, SportsMap, uh, HoustonSportsMap.com, SportsMap.com. He has projections of five critical Houston Texans entering the 2023 season. Who do you think are the most critical Texans here? First off, to see if we're all on the same page. Oh, I've already seen it, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll take a back seat here for a second. I mean, the first and foremost, most critical position is the one we always talk about. It's the most important football, I mean, position in sports, maybe, and that's quarterback. You hit okay. There you go. You got so one. CJ Stroud is definitely up there. one of the most important guys. All right, four more. Derek Stanley. Derek Stingley's not on here. Hmm. Will Anderson. Derek Stingley. Will Anderson. Boom. Because Blankers gonna, is you're up gonna, you're two nothing. Watch both of those guys, and we talked about as you evaluate the trade. All right, Blankers up two nothing. Joe, your turn. Petrie. All right, two to one. Okay. Pierce. Three to one. You lost, but you there's lost, one more just trying. for giggles. Nico Collins. Nope. Right track though. I I, I knew I I knew I was right. Tank Dell. I was on the path. Blankers destroyed you. How does that feel? How does that taste? Let him have some wins. All right, so CJ Stroud. Let him. <laughs> I'll let him. I'll just say this right out of the Case gate. Stumpy. I will take the projection on all five of these guys. CJ Stroud, thirty-four hundred yards, twenty-three touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Hell yeah! Give me that immediately. That's top twenty-five. Let's see what Trevor Lawrence was two years ago. Whenever he was a rookie, because last year there wasn't a rookie first-round quarterback, so it's hard to do like comparisons of other first-round quarterbacks a year ago because it didn't exist. Can Trevor Lawrence. It? That was two years ago. 
No, wait, oh. Kenny Pickett was last year. I'm a, yeah. I'm a noob. But, uh, but I mean, Pickett was late first round. Trevor Lawrence, two years ago, 3,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, interse- uh, 17 interceptions. So, yes, give me C.J. Stroud, 3,400 yards, 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Now I'm curious about Kenny Pickett. Let's see. Kenny Pickett last year as a rookie for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had 2,400 yards, um, seven touchdowns, nine picks. Yeah, give me 3,400 yards, 23 teeds, and 11 touchdowns. Yeah, that's great. Or 11 picks. 11 picks. That's, that's good. We're all taking that, right? Yes, that's absolutely. Slam dunk. No brainer. All right, Tank Dell. Would you take this from Tank Dell in his rookie year? 68 catches, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. That leads the team in receiving, right? It easily does easily. last year. I think it does this year. I think it leads the team in catches, and I think it would lead the team in reception yards. Yep. I even think that might lead the team in reception touchdowns. It might. Dalton Schultz might might challenge that in the red zone. But other than that, we, we were going back and forth on who's going to lead this team in receiving. It would be hands down if he was able to do that. I'll take that in a heartbeat. I mean, I, that's what you get out of Tank Dell, where you took him, and, and, and the fact that with Mechie on this roster and, and people hoping for him but not knowing what you're going to get for him, and us kind of saying, well, where's that on the depth chart? If he, if he soars to that level, mm-hmm. bingo taking that. He would have had the 38th most catches or 39th most catches in the NFL last year. Done. Like, that'd be awesome. Bet. Brandon Cooks led the team in catches last year, 57. Led the team in reception yards with 700. So Tank would go over the catches by 11. He would go over the reception yards by, what is the math on that? I lost my track here. That's 400. Yeah. 400 yards. And he would also have led the team in touchdowns last year. Caught. Touchdowns caught. Jordan Akins was your leader last year at five. So, yes, give me that from a rookie no third rounder, Tank Dell. Absolutely. All right, here was Damian Pierce's projections that he has for him. 1,400 yards on the ground, 322 carries. He catches for 360 yards and 44 catches, 18 total t- touchdowns for Damian Pierce. about the 44 catches? Last year he had 30, and in 13 games. It was more than I thought. Still don't think, think 40, of him as a receiver. So out how of many back. total yards? Uh, 1,400 plus 30, 360. So let's just say 1,750. 1,750 wow. total yards. I, I mean, I know he's bucking for like 1,500. Uh, he's got to stay healthy. Last year he had, let's just call it, 1,100 total yards. 1,100, 1,100. I think this is the one that's like feels the most unrealistic. That's high. Yeah, I think, I think the yards is going down. Because that, that would have been the fourth most rushing yards in the NFL last year. Plus teams are going to key on him more knowing that with a rookie quarterback, there's a chance that he's going to have hiccups. Running they, games they should be better if you respect the quarterback a little bit more. But your offensive line, offensive line, right dreadful the, the first four games. Facts. Uh, this is this is high. This is high. I, I think, think it's the one I buy the least of the offensive <sighs> players. I might look. I love Tank. I think I, I could tank see numbers. Seem, look, eleven hundred yards for a rookie receiver, and, 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 and yeah, from a rookie oh, quarterback getting him the football. CJ's numbers are pretty egregious. Too. I mean, they're all pretty high, but like, I think I think I would if I was to bet on which one would be the. The least likely to happen, like the least least likely, I think I go Pierce. See, he's also the best player of the three, though. Like right now, yeah, Damian I, Pierce is your best offensive player. I I don't know. I just don't. I don't see him as like almost a fifteen hundred yard rusher. I think he's a really solid running back. So like, if he I don't finishes know if he with goes like to that level, if he finishes with twelve hundred yards, he's still five hundred yards away from meeting the goal. Oh yeah, like Tank Dell to be five hundred yards away from meeting the goal would need six hundred yards. So you you might be right in terms of like the egregiousness of it. Now Stroud thirty four hundred yards seems really high here. Like Trevor Lawrence threw for thirty six hundred his rookie year. What'd you say Pickett was at like twenty seven hundred? Lawrence Pickett, had Pickett 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 twenty four. Yeah. He didn't play every game though either. Lawrence's weapons first year they didn't have, he didn't have Christian Kirk. But no, he had he had DJ Chark yeah. probably. Um, 
What was the guy from Oklahoma State? Uh, was it Westbrook? You're thinking Blackman? No, no, Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook? Oh, like Westbrook and Haney or whatever? Because yeah, Keenan was the wide receiver coach the year he, before. He wasn't very good, though. He had one year with Jacksonville. I was just wondering if it was with Lawrence or the year before. I, think it was I don't before. remember. Yeah, because I think he was with the Titans last year, if memory serves. I, I don't think he lasted through the Urban era, so maybe that's right. But I know that when Keenan was the – Keenan McCardle was the receiver's coach, and Westbrook had kind of a, a rejuvenated one year. Huh. Jalen Petrie, he has the projection for him 131 tackles. Which would be down from 147 last year. I think you kind of want that. Good. Yeah, that's good. Six interceptions, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, two defensive touchdowns. Take all of it. That's a player of the year. But I, don't know. A, I, I don't. There's a that's lot of really defensive player good defensive of the year. players. But I mean, that, you're not getting sacks here. That's but Pro Bowl. That's, you, that's yeah. votes for All Pro. You force ten turnovers. You score twice. You have 130 tackles. That's like top five defensive player of the year. There. That's All Pro. That's, that's all, I said, pro. all pro and 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 Pro Bowl. That Justin, might be the most egregious number. That's probably best safety in the NFL. That's best safety in the NFL. Justin Simmons last year, six picks, three forced fumbles. Any scores? None. Yeah. So this is one more turnover than that guy, and this is two defensive touchdowns, and then just as a cherry on top, 131 tackles. Uh, the last one's Will Anderson, 79 tackles, which is kind of high for defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. 11 and a half sacks, 18 Ooh. tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, two two fumble recoveries. I mean, I'll take it. That's that's defensive rookie of the yeah, year. Yeah, I'll take I it. I mean, look, the Texans are making the playoffs if these things happen. You might, they might win 10 if games. If all five of them <laughs> they happen, might but win. the chances of all five of them happen are slim and none. I, I like the chances. You think Will maybe. Anderson, what's the most egregious Will Anderson? Because I think Will Anderson could get to 11 and a half sacks. The 18 tackles that. for loss yeah, the, seem high. I think just the tackles in general the tackles seem high. Seem high. Uh, I could see 11 and a half sacks. Now, that's, that's high end for what I have at the high end of the range. Mm-hmm. 18 tackles for a loss is a ton. 79 tackles for defensive linemen is a ton, too. Yeah, I, I I was just thinking, what are you going to be athletically making up ground for guys that get through the hole and you try and get them on the sideline or yeah. you know the second level? Uh, I think that the the sacks sacks are just a slight bit high, but I think he's going to hover between not, around nine and a half and maybe a little above that. So I'm cool with that. I just don't know about you, the, the the tackles total for one tackles for loss, maybe something to question as well. If he hits, yeah, you're right though. If all five of these hit, Texans are are playoff bound. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Which of those is the most likely to happen? All right. Why the face one uh, Wednesday? Why is Joe George making faces? It's not because he forgot the rejoin. Why is he making faces? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friends at my bookie. Look, I've been telling you it's the only place that you need to go when you're putting money on games. But some of the reasons why you might not know enough about MyBookie that might convince you as well, they've been in business for over 10 years. When you've been in business over a decade, you can be trusted. You know you're not a fly-by-night offshore betting program that basically doesn't do what they say they're going to do and tries you to hem and haw, tries to hem and haw to keep your money in the game because they need it to keep playing their game. You don't need to deal with all of that. It's all about taking care of you, the customer. The bonuses are real. They throw them in your account when you use the promo code BET975, and they want to take care of you so that you know that they care, so that you know that they're going to have your back, and they're not going to try and dust you with the first chance that they get their money, your money from them, and then you never hear from them again. The fact fact is, too, is they're trying to make it more interesting all the time. They're creating new contests. They're doing different things. Like money back. It's a slot machine for sports odds. It spits out, spits out epic odds on props, parlays, futures, and you can get great odds on a team that might make a really good bet for you, and you didn't even know it. They have sports contests during each week. 
And the new and improved MyBookie Casino is, like I said, more innovation amongst MyBookie. Live dealers. The action never stops because it never sleeps because you can always go to the casino right there live with a dealer and, and check the live tables. There's new slots, progressive jackpots. It's all fantastic. It's all because MyBookie cares. Go to MyBookie.ag right now. Remember that promo code, BET975, and do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. It's MyBookie.ag. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the phase? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the phase? With the Killer Bees. Why the face Wednesday? Why are we making face? By the way, uh, Ocho sent us a little update on the A's Blue Jays game. You know, you still have to pay attention a little bit to Toronto. I know that you're, you're feeling all high and mighty. First place, first time American League West, but you'd like to separate from some of the other teams that could potentially eliminate you. Toronto's trailing right now to Oakland 5 1, top of the eighth. All right, Joe, why are you making faces today? I mean, there's really only one story we could talk about today. Do you guys know it? The airplane story? Oh, you're talking about the diarrhea? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Barstool had all the pictures. I mean, videos. I stayed away from the pictures and the videos. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to look at it. I fly too much to look at that I stuff. I didn't either, but I watched one of the videos. Do you, ever watch like, the air, do you ever watch like landing and takeoff fails? No. I refuse. I don't like that. I refuse. Because no. I, I, if, I, if I didn't fly, I might. But because I fly a few times a year... I, I stay away from all that. So. Well, and you know, and you you fly quite a bit. When I was flying on every plane with the rockets, you're bound to go through some of the turbulence and some of the issues. Go through it just once. You never want to fathom or think about it. I saw seven foot grown men freaking out, screaming at the top oh, of their their I'm lungs, sure. praying to the, the Lord above and whoever they pray to that this didn't end the way it would look like it was going to end. Honestly, the flight to Vegas was bumpy. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Flight to Vegas was like a three. I don't know. I did not enjoy it. Flight to That's Vegas desert heat will give you some turbulence. It was like um, a three. It wasn't bad. It was not bad. I did not enjoy. I've that had one. some. I've had some tens. Like I've had some. You drop. I don't know how many feet. A lot of feet Ooh. like that. I've had some pretty. Oh bad Oh my god! Ones. I've had. Have you ever seen a static discharge in a plane? What's that? So I've seen, I saw a static discharge on the wing of a plane before I knew what a static discharge is. So they have like little static little rods that are yeah, like, that are them. off the plane. They yeah. almost look like Wi-Fi things. Yeah. They explode when too much static builds up on a plane. It's by design. It's like keep the plane safe. I didn't know that. So I saw like a little minor explosion on the wing and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm going di- to die. W- it was good knowing Bro. all of you. Yeah. I was terrified. But then I asked a pilot that I knew. He's like, oh yeah, that, that happens all the time. So this I- story, I... I thought the headline was fabricated or was like really over the top. The headline is Delta flight returns and passenger has diarrhea all the way through the plane. That is a gross headline. And then I saw, I watched the video on Barstool. (laughs) How many times? How many times? Just just once. It was was like after the, the plane had like been, like everyone had left. So like, but like they had covered it up. The headline's real. Like it's literally like the entire plane. Like down the plane, like so. 
the person like has uncontrollable bowel movement that's they happening from, while they're going down and the they aisle. Went from like the front of the plane to the back of the plane to get to the bathroom, and so they had to turn. Around. They were supposed to fly to Barcelona. So Ooh. it was just one person. It was just one person. It was how how could it be that much? Great question. Like Back how much this? did they eat? And how do you you can't even pad the brake? I feel like someone pranked them. Yeah, but yeah, be. spiked it. Yeah, something. I wonder. Like I'm sure a lot of people started getting sick too. Like, could you, you imagine, imagine seeing that on a plane? I'm sure a lot of people got well, sick. Can you also imagine like a flight to Barcelona if they tried to keep pressing on and moving forward? No, it was game over. Oh my! Goodness. So how far did they get? That I I couldn't find. But like it just said they had to go back. Yeah, I wonder how far they were, like how long they were I in think, the air. I think the passenger wished it would go back. I don't know, instead, man. Like if, I mean, my good. If you're a passenger on that flight, let's assume like so. It was a flight from where to Barcelona? So they're going from Atlanta to Barcelona. So what they, is that? Eight, ten hours, maybe at eight, least. Eight. Let's just say let's say eight hours for math purposes. Let's say they got two hours in the air and then had to turn back. So it's like four hours overall. Like, at what point do you just want them to push on? It was two hours. So it says the Airbus arrived back at Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. Slightly more than two hours okay. after its departure. So they were an hour, so an hour, out, hour out, an hour back. So they were still about, let's say, seven hours away. You definitely turn back. Oh, you, you, yeah, 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 you yeah. calculate the numbers. You got to turn back. I think I think the number for me is two. I think if I was two hours into that trip, I'm like, hey, that's can we the, please like charge forward? Let's keep this going. That's the let's see under. if we can get through. I think that, two hours the is the number, under. right? I think you're right. Because yeah, when, when Joe first said that, I was like, wait a minute. If you're two out and then you got to go two back and you're already four in the air, you might as well just... Press on and suck it up and give out some nose plugs or something like that and, and and try and make the best of it so that everybody gets to their destination. Yeah. You with you with us on that, Joe? Two hours into the flight, so it's a four hour round trip, two hours into an eight hour flight. So you're twenty five percent of the way through. This diarrhea stuff happens on the plane. Do you want them to just like charge forward, keep going? Or you want to turn around? Um We're turning it back on you. I'm I'm Can I can I drink for free? Mmm. I think they got to give you the earplugs for your nose. That's a good point. Like, can I just be like? That'd be nice if they were kind about like it. Holding some like vodka to my nose to try to take out the smell. Yeah. Like burn the burn my nose hairs off and. I can't believe there was so much of it. I really can't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, how does your how does your gut handle all that food and then distribute it? Like, I just I can't. That's hard to fathom. I think Joe's onto something. I think it was spot. I think he's right. Like Probably. I feel like it's like a prank because because what was it? What was it? Wedding crashers with the eye drops. I think so. Eye drops in a drink, supposedly, and then people were trying that. Like a, now would be a social media challenge. But the the movie had the eye drops in the drink gave someone the runs. Man, it's tough. But it's got to be a combo platter, right? You got to have the runs, and then you got to have a full belly already in your digestion. I don't know. That's a that's unbelievable. Like this, look, I. I don't really know much worse things that could happen besides someone dying. I mean, you could have it coming out of both ends. Fair. Hey, I'm a little disappointed in the guy not being able to make it to the bathroom. Like, if I'm on that plane... Oh, if I'm, you get bubble I'm, guts at all or rumble tummy, you better... Yeah. You're well, going see, on the... You're, I'm, I'm mad you're at definitely the guy. definitely over point, under. You're going... I'm going there before I even happy. feel anymore. Blame, I'm not happy with this guy for not making it to the toilet. Do we blame this guy for even getting on the plane? Like you had to feel some but indication if it's an, if it's an, coming. But if it's an hour, eh, if it's an hour into it, I, I disagree. Like that See, stuff can hit you fast. Yeah, Joe, you, you've been to, you've been on flights, I'm sure, where you got liquored up because you know it was going to be a long flight, so you hopefully you'll passed out or just yeah. kind of. Pe- 
So I think it's the same way. We don't know what the prep was or why it happened. So I, it's harder to blame this guy than it would be someone that gets unruly and is a, is an unruly drunk <laughs> as opposed to someone that just wants to relax and pass out. Oh three six zero. They would have to push the bev carts through that s word. Mm. Uh, no, we could just hand them down. We can do like just like a chain. Yeah, I would like to think that the flight attendants had the wisdom to it's not push the bev carts through that thing. Oh man! Well, I, it was only I would, no, It was two sides. So there's two. So it was a big. It was an Airbus, and it was on both of the no, sides. No, it was only on like right the, the like if you're right walking towards the, the aisle. front, it was on the left side. Oh, man, I, I got think, it. There was a clear aisle. I think I'm if I'm if I'm a flight attendant if I'm a pilot that on that flight, I think I'm continuing the trip. Like get all the blankets Ooh. you have, cover it all there's up. Let's get there. To happen Let's get to. I mean, legally, they're gonna they're gonna hit hit you with you forced us. With inhumane treatment to, to suck it up for four or five but hours. It's, it's inhumane no matter what. The only thing that changes is the, the distance, the duration. But but you do the numbers and say, well, it was only a two-hour total for you. Yeah. If we push through, it was another five-plus. I don't, And I think that's where people start calling lawyers. I would have been livid about this guy not making it to the toilet. Livid. So what does that mean? You're going to give him a dirty look? I'm gonna be, I'm just, no, guy? I'm going to be. No, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to be mad at it. Like if you left oh, at yeah. noon, well, well, the, you were the supposed to is, land your at whole eight. Schedule is screwed up. Yeah, now you're not landing at eight. Like if you leave at noon, you're not landing at eight. And I know the time thing. Whatever. You, get, you it delays you. All right. It delays you 16 hours. And this isn't like the funniest thing in the world, but I got to give a shout out to our guy Tyler Scott listening. Miss you. Yeah, because I pressured him into it yesterday. He was stalking me the other day. Uh, do you guys want to hear the, you wanna hear the pilot stalking call? Stalking me on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. Who is they? I, that, to me, sounds like they had the option to keep going. Did they have, a, like, was there a vote? I think there was a crew vote. That's I think me, there was a group discussion. Probably, like group chat. probably. Like, do you think it's like everyone, they handed out papers to all the passengers? No, there's and, no way they No, I think it was just the crew and they met no, up in the cockpit. You don't let first graders pick their teacher. The That sounded to me like, though, they had the option to charge on. But they, yeah, The way he said they. that, they chose but to But I think they, they were probably thinking about it from like the ramifications and the legalities as much as anything. I like, don't know, Because it's not like you can phone a friend. You can't call management. What are you gonna do? Call the tower? I would think, but they, I, th- I would think that they have this in their bylaws. Something like, has we a, have biohazard. In the FAA. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that this is part of their like biohazard. You know, whatever happens in biohazard situations is how we're going to handle the situation. I'm sure there are like caveats or whatever. What a, what a disgusting story! Thanks for putting that on our table, George. I just, how would we not talk about it? It's like the most viral story you know this week. That's what this segment's been created. You know, the other one that was crazy though, because yeah, I've been on a few that I felt like uh, there's been legitimately a few times I thought I might die on a plane. But because I know of the turbulence that, or what? Yeah, turbulence and and the pilot making announcements like we're supposed to we're trying to fight through this storm and we're ru- running close to running out of gas because we've been trying to circle to get around it, and then you start contemplating well if one. Hand, the left hand doesn't get any, then the right one will. Like, if we're dealing with running out of gas and a storm that seems like it's never ending and you're flying all over and dropping thousands of feet, I mean, yeah, that's pretty scary. But I know of an NBA player that refuses to this day to fly anymore. Royce White. Because, because of an NBA, no, because of an NBA flight <laughs> where the you team to it. dropped thousands of feet at a time more than once. And was like, that's it. I'm not flying anymore. Did he retire from the NBA? Mm-hmm. Oh, he retired? <laughs> not not immediately. but So he kind of really did what he had to do to get through the team flights. But then said for his own personal travel and stuff like that, 
he's not flying anymore. Interesting. Uh, the Astros hired Dana Brown to be their general manager before the uh, the start of the season. We thought that it could have been David Stearns. It was not. But is David Stearns back on the table? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Uh, something that should be in your plans coming up a week from Saturdays, Houston and TCU in the Big 12 home opener for the Cougars. Football season is here. U of H Big 12 home opener right around the corner as the Cougs hosting last year's national championship runner-up, the TCU Horned Frogs, a week from Saturday. The atmosphere this past Saturday was electric as the Houston Cougars beat UTSA starting the year 1-0. and And let's do it again. Let's fill up TDECU Stadium for the Big 12 home opener Saturday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Buy a Cougar Paul package, which includes three games. We're going to give away some tickets a little bit later, too, on the Cougar Paul package, so make sure you're listening to the Killer Bees. But buy a Cougar Paul package, which includes three games. You can select TCU as one of those three games. Package is only $66. Does not include the Texas game. Get your tickets today, 713-GO-COUGS, uhcougars.com slash tickets. Come early and enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including the huge LED TV screen, the Bud Light Backyard, the Coke Fan Zone, food trucks, and more. The Spirit of Houston performing at halftime entertainment by cheerleaders, Cougar Dolls, Shasta Sasha, and of course DJ Yobi Yobes in the student section. Get your tickets now. 713-GO-COUGS UHCougars.com slash tickets. Take advantage of that Cougar Paw package. Don't miss all the fun at college football. Come early, be loud, and wear red. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Killer Bees, he's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, the Astros, of course, they hired Dana Brown uh, this past offseason to be their general manager. Story came out yesterday on The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal, saying that, look, the the Mets want to hire David Stearns. David Stearns was the president for Milwaukee, once was the right-hand man of Jeff Luno, was very instrumental in getting the Astros organization back on track, wanted to be the GM, took the Milwaukee job, uh, stepped down from the Milwaukee job last offseason to spend time with his family, akin to Daryl Morey spending time with his family and taking the Sixers job in two weeks. But the New York Mets, Stearns is free. Stearns is out there. Stearns is a free agent. The New York Mets have had dialogue with David Stearns, who who was allowed to start talking to other teams after the August 1st trade deadline. Ken Rosenthal, in this piece, mentions that there is another team that David Stearns has met with. And look, if David Stearns can't talk to anybody until the after the August 1st trade deadline, today, September 6th, the other team that talks that has talked with Steve Co- or uh, David Stearns has had to have taken place in the last month. So keep that in mind. Since the trade deadline, the other teams are the Houston Astros. Multiple major league sources believe Stearns is down the road in his discussions with the Mets. Okay, whose owner Steve Cohen reiterated in June his desire to hire a pr- uh, president of baseball operations. But Stearns, one source said, has also spoken with other teams, notably the Houston Astros, who they had as an assistant GM from 2012 through 2015. Now, Stearns is a guy from New York, but his wife is from Houston. What do you make of the idea that Jim Crane, within the last month, team very much in the playoff race, wants to repeat, hashtag ready to reign, in conversation with David Stearns? 
look, I think you want an owner, if he's going to be dialed in on the day-to-day and on the, on the, the team operation side of things like Crane is, you want him to cons- constantly be trying to think of ways to upgrade this franchise, to make changes to better this franchise. This is Dana Brown's first go-around in year, year one. I'm sure this doesn't make Dana Brown happy, but I think that if you had conversations with Stearns before or about Stearns, and you probably talked to enough people in the organization that felt a certain way about him. You're right. We, you and I had these conversations multiple times about when Milwaukee he, was going to not let him talk to teams, but they wanted to keep him on t- for one more year. We were talking about, do you get a guy that just fills the gap and bridges it for one more year because this guy seems to be the guy that, in waiting? Now it's, do they coexist? Because I don't think Dana Brown's going to go anywhere, but as the owner, too, you could feel a certain way about what the team did or didn't do or how aggressive they were or weren't. And maybe that gives you an indication that maybe there should be another voice in the room, not being Jeff Bagwell or some of the guys that was were already talked to, even Dusty Baker. I don't think there's anything wrong if Jim Crane is talking to, to Stearns, except for the fact that you're probably going to ruffle Dana Brown's feathers a little bit. Yeah, and I don't care about feelings. You know how I feel about that mm-hmm. when it comes to you know best decisions for the organization. Now, I'm with you. Like This isn't to fire Dana Brown. No. Dana Brown's been fine. Dana Brown, I think, has been good. And I, I'm kind of bullish on Dana Brown's future as the general manager of this team because I think Dana Brown's going to draft really well, uh, really well and continue to load up the minor league system. And, of course, you need a good minor league system to be able to sustain a golden era of Houston Astro baseball. So I like that you have Dana Brown here. I am also a huge believer and have as many smart people in the room as you can. And I think that David Stearns is one of the smart guys in baseball. Uh, look, if Jeff Luno hired you, he's got to think pretty highly of you. And for you to survive three years with Jeff Luno, he has to think pretty highly of you. He did some really good things in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, best team in the NL Central, while David Stearns was there as a general manager. I think that's fair to say, right? I don't follow the NL Central as close as you no guys does. do. But Milwaukee's been the class of that division while David Stearns was there. Uh, I'm for, like, I, I don't think this is like a very realistic chances of happening. I think it is a long shot. It does feel like he's going to be uh, the president of baseball operations for the Mets. But if Jim Crane hired David Stearns, whenever he hires David Stearns, I'm all for it. I think it makes sense. He's a very smart guy, baseball guy with, with you know, pelts on the wall. He's had success as a general manager. I think it makes tons of sense. I think he'd be great to have in the room. I would hope that Dana Brown could coexist with David Stearns. I think that he would coexist with David Stearns, and he's still the general manager. Now, Dana Brown, and and, uh, Chandler Rome tweeted this out yesterday, Uh, Dana Brown was quoted whenever he was hired as the general manager of the Astros. One thing he liked about the Astros organization and the situation he was taking over was that there wasn't a president of baseball operations, and he had that direct line uh, to Jim Crane. I don't think that's a deal-breaker. I don't think that the Ashes are leading in the services of David Stearns, but I'm all for it. Brings David David Stearns back to Houston. Jeremy, here's the thing, and I know we're, I don't know how you feel about this one, but normally we disagree on this. If you truly believe in Dana Brown, like I do, like you do, I, I think that the main thing to me is not only the development of young talent, but the ability to get them signed to really good deals really early in their careers, which allows you to do other things, explore other avenues, and have more cash flow when you need it. And also to lock up good young talent and being able to evaluate it is is one of the best things you see about Dana Brown. He got the Verlander deal done. He did the things you needed to do in year one. But I would have had, if I'm the owner and I truly see and, and believe in some of the things that we talked about with Dana Brown, I'm having that conversation with Dana Brown. I may not have it before I have the initial conversation, but you know it's going to get out at some point to where if I truly respect Dana Brown, 
as Jim Crane, and he doesn't have to do this. But to me, the best way to handle that and also be respectful of my employee that I just hired would be to say, hey, I just want to let you know, I talked to Stearns. I don't even have to get into all the details, but I also better be damn sure and at least have broached the subject of could you guys peacefully coexist if there truly was still a desire to bring him into the organization. Yeah, I think that they would coexist. Like, I really do. Like, do, you, do you believe he should have? or or I believe he should have had a conversation with Dana Brown sometime early around that conversation. You're the owner of the team. You do what you want, quite frankly. Like, if I'm the owner of my house, I'm not asking people that work at my house what they think. I don't. Like, I own my house. I'm making the decisions of my house. Jim Crane owns the Astros. He should be making the decisions of the Houston Astros. I just feel like if you want to you want have a cohesive relationship with your general manager, it, I understand that it's your team, but I think that you just signed him to a, a pretty good deal for a pretty good amount of years to where if I'm signing this guy and I want this guy around, I want to be respectful enough to, to say that, hey, I don't want you finding out from the media. I want you and I to have a conversation, and I want it to be very open and honest about where you are, where I am, what we're doing, and why. 713-780-ESPN, 713-780-3776. Um, I'm all in on Stern's back. How do you feel about this, show? You cool with Stern's back? I think it'd be great. I mean, I think it is interesting to like what the dichotomy between him and Dana Brown. As long as everyone's on board, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, I honestly... I don't... See, I don't even need Dana Brown to be on board, quite frankly. I don't, I don't need Dana Brown to be signing off on the decision of who's going to be my president of baseball operations. I want them both here. I want Stearns to be my president. I want Dana Brown to be my general manager, but I'm not, I'm not bringing Dana into my office and be like, hey, Dana, can I hire David Stearns I'm to not, be my president? But I'm not, what I'm at, that's not what I'm saying he I was talking do. to Joe. Okay, but I'm saying the way you said it was almost like you I was were... just responding to Joe's comment. He said that if Dana Brown's okay with it. Okay. 713-780-ESP, an HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Jose Altuve, brilliant yesterday. We, we've had this conversation. This is not a prisoner of the moment conversation. We've talked about this in the past. It's insulting, in my opinion, to put anyone in the same conversation, team sports, three majors, anybody in the same conversation with Jose Altuve and Akeem Olajuwon. Does anybody even enter that chat room with Jose Altuve and Akeem Olajuwon? And what about those guys head-to-head? Which of the two greater in this city? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friends at Allstate Siding and Windows. You need siding, you need windows, you need both or one or the other. They're going to take care of you every step of the way. They have been in business for over four generations of of a family-owned and operated business, and their goal is to make sure you and your house is exactly what's taken care of. The siding, the way it protects the entire structure of your house. There, you don't have to worry about painting, staining, and repairing your, the exterior of your house. Your, the home siding is going to take care of so much of that for you. they got a ton of different variety, a selection of colors, quality products. Siding of today is more durable with all the wind and the weather, and we know hurricane season here in Houston. It's energy efficient. It saves on your electric bills, and their windows can do the exact same thing too. Windows are tough. They're made in Texas. They sustain the weather elements. They keep the heat out in the summer, in in the winter, and they take care of you. If you do both, it is a win-win. If you do either, you're doing a ton for the longevity of your house. And your house is your home. It's an investment, and you want to take care of it. They've got 12 months no interest right now. $150 off on windows with a minimum of 10, and they're here to take care of you every step of the way. 
You can save $2,000 off your siding job as well. You do the two combination, you could save even more. All I'm going to tell you to do is check them out before you make any decisions on siding or windows anywhere else. It's 832-204-1936. 832-204-1936. It's Allstate Siding and Windows. Uh, Allstate, I'm sorry, AllstateWindowsAndSiding.com.